welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. I'm your host, as always, Stuart Brooking, and it's been about two weeks since I've recorded a uh, episode. I, th- I think I needed a break. Some of my material was getting dull and wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. So I really think that like I needed a break to come back and provide new material. And starting next week, starts the 32 teams in 16 weeks. Uh, we'll kick it off with the Chiefs and Texans next week. So that's going to be exciting. Have some fans on. I'll make that announcement on Twitter later, early next week. So stay tuned for that. But uh, I want to start off by talking about Leonard Fournette. He was cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars a few days back. And then today is Thursday. So yesterday he was picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Bucs are really showing that they're going to be a, a very scary offense. They have Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Goblin. Um, Mike, you know, they have Evans on the outside. You have OJ Howard. I think, I think they have LaShawn McCoy. I think they still have LaShawn McCoy. Here's the thing. That team's going to be scary. They have all kinds of potentials to be a real, real, real scary football team. I can't wait to see how they, how they progress and how they become a, how they become this season. You know, as a Colts fan, as a designated Tom Brady hater, I hope they don't do too well. Because, like, I never want to see Tom Brady do well. But that team looks scary. But here's the thing. I've had my doubts from the beginning. Again, Tom Brady's 43. Rob Gronkowski, the last time we saw him, he was old. Uh, He retired for a reason. I understand that he took a year off to get healthy, but he retired for a reason. And he's back. Let's see if he can play play at the level that he was. I mean, he's arguably the greatest tight end to ever play the game. Arguably, Rob Gronkowski is the greatest tight end to ever play the game. So, let's see. There's all kinds of weapons on Tampa Bay, and I think they have a chance to officially be and potentially be the best team in the NFC and definitely the best team in the division. But, you know, you still have teams like San Francisco, who's going to be really, really good. I mean, you're going to have teams like Seattle, teams like Green Bay. You know, Minnesota's good as well. Like, you can't count those teams out. Then in your own division, you're going to have New Orleans. There's a chance Carolina's pretty good. Uh, Atlanta might bounce back. You never know. So, like, you think about it, you're like, man, okay, like, this team's, like, real. This team can be a real threat and a real team. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what bringing in – listen, Leonard Fournette for Tampa Bay, I, I'm not sure how it works. Listen, Leonard Fournette is the type of guy that is really, really good in the back half of his carry. So, what do I mean by that? He's a guy that gets, like – when he gets tw- when he gets to carries 21 through 28, when he gets up there and he's 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, those carries, he's really, really good. That's when the explosive plays, that's when the 30 or 40-yard carries break loose because he's a really, really explosive player because he wore down the defense. Where he's not been as successful lately, where he's not been as good lately, is when Jacksonville's gone away from the run game. When they had Blake Bortles, they had to rely on Leonard Fournette, and they had to rely on Leonard Fournette for a reason. That's because they couldn't trust Blake Bortles to throw the football. But then they brought in Nick Foles, who who outplayed Tom Brady, who absolutely outplayed Tom Brady in that Super Bowl that he won. Big Dick Nick, right? That's that's what happened. He, he He absolutely outplayed Tom Brady. He comes in and now all of a sudden here we are again and they they give him eighty eight million dollars and he's not they throw the ball and he gets hurt and then 
Here comes Gardner Minshew. And Minshew's playing really well. Minshew's playing really great. They're starting to build the offense around Minshew. And then they get rid of they get rid of uh Leonard Fournette, Jacksonville does. For Leonard Fournette, listen, he, he hasn't been the running back that he was selected to be. I mean, think about it. They passed up on Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and other very, very talented players for Leonard Fournette. And the fact that they 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 cut him, the fact that they they have gotten rid of him and he's picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tells you that he just wasn't living up to what he was supposed to be in Jacksonville. He wasn't. He wasn't the guy that they thought he was going to be. He wasn't the guy that they drafted and the guy that they hoped he would be long-term. He wasn't that guy. And that's why they cut him. And Tampa Bay is kind of hoping they can turn him around. You know, I think this is like trying to be the David Johnson story here in Tampa Bay for Bruce Arians. So we'll see how it works. We'll see how it works for Leonard Fournette. Now for the Jaguars, listen, I, I, I told you this. I said this a few up way back in some of my other episodes. I don't know what episode, but I remember saying that Jacksonville's not tanking and they're going to win games with, with Gardner Minshew. I am wrong. I am completely wrong by saying that. Listen, I think Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback. I think Gardner Minshew can be a franchise quarterback. I think Gardner Minshew needs to take a few more steps to show everybody else, but I think he's on the verge of being a guy that you can pay $25 to $27 million to a year, and he'll win you games. That's what I think. I think he's that way. It's not bad for a six-round pick, but I think he's I think he's turned into that guy. That's what I think he is. And Jacksonville apparently doesn't think so. Because now they're tanking. And I believe that because they traded, you know, Unique Nguakwe. They traded Nguakwe. And then they got rid of, I'm pretty sure I just butchered his name. But then they also got rid of Len Fournette. So now they're really trying to build this thing for the future, I believe. And we'll see how it turns out. You know, there's going to be a lot of sacrifices made if they are tanking. Doug Marone, out. This this GM, probably out. A lot of these players, they're probably gone. But, you know, they're going to bring in Trevor Lawrence. They'll probably get the number one overall pick now, and they'll bring in Trevor Lawrence, and they'll win a lot of games with Trevor Lawrence. And as a Colts fan, I'm going to have to face Trevor Lawrence twice a year, who, in my opinion, even though he, he supposedly had a down year last year, supposedly had a down year, even though he increased in everything passing-wise, he increased in touchdowns, he increased in yards, he increased in completion percentage, he increased in, in this, and he increased in that. And even though he, he made progress, people believe he had a down year last year. Because he didn't, he didn't surpass what he did his freshman year. I think he's the number one overall pick, no questions asked. And I think that he is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Many people said that about Joe Burrow last year, and that's just not true. He is the Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect we have had. Since Andrew Luck. It's just that simple. That's how good he is. I said that when he was a freshman. I said that last year. I said that before he was a freshman. And I'm going to say it now. Going into this season. He is the best quarterback we've had. We've had come out of the draft since Andrew Luck. And I love Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is the is a smaller, better passing version of Cam Newton. I think he's electric enough to win an MVP, two MVPs, win you Super Bowls, be a guy that you can build around for the next 10 to 15 years. And he will compete with Trevor Lawrence year in and year out to be the number one quarterback in the league. But And, and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. But I think what I think is... 
Trevor Lawrence, and I, and I think just because the film says it, the film says it, Trevor Lawrence is, is the real deal. He's the best quarterback prospect we've had come out of this draft since Andrew Luck. He's better than he's better than coming out. Not not now. Like right now, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are better. Obviously. But you you think about like Baker Mayfield, he's better than Baker Mayfield. You think about Joe Burrow, he's better than Joe Burrow. You think about this, he's better than that team. That guy. He's he's better than Deshaun Watson coming out of the draft. Coming out. Not not now, obviously, but coming out. He's better than this guy. And anyways, back to Jacksonville. Here's the thing with Jacksonville. You can't mess this up. If you mess this up in Jacksonville, I'm going to be dumbfounded. Listen, I think there's only one one pick for the number one overall pick, and that's Trevor Lawrence. But if you go Justin Fields, I'm just as happy with that. But I would go Trevor Lawrence number one overall. And here's the thing. With Trevor Lawrence being the number one overall pick, you're gonna you're setting yourself up to potentially be a contender for the next decade, but you have to get the other draft parts right. It's not about just drafting Trevor Lawrence. Yes, the quarterback's a start. Yes, drafting Trevor Lawrence is a start. But you have to show that you are willing to win and you are willing to per, you know, to keep trucking and you're willing to draft correctly to be a winning team. And until Jacksonville can prove that they can draft better than what – listen, I think last year's draft for them was really, really good. I think what they did last year was really well and improved their team. But it's not about just drafting Trevor Lawrence. It's not. Even though they're a good team, it's not about draft, drafting Trevor Lawrence. It's it's about going on and on and on. And listen, front the front office, they've shown you. They have shown you. They're not they're not in this to win games. They don't care about winning games. They really don't. I don't know why they own a football team, but they're not in it to win games. That's going to have to change. That's going to have to change. I think what it's going to take is a complete overhaul, a complete G, new GM, a completely new head coach. And they're going to have to get a guy kind of like um, a Ron Rivera, a no-nonsense guy is going to come in, change the culture of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and draft Trevor Lawrence and move on. That's what I think is going to have to happen. Uh, I want to talk about, real quick, another subject. And the subject I really want to talk about is Josh Gordon being signed by the Seattle Seahawks. And, and the reason this is important to me is I think Josh Gordon has set the – the tone for what it takes for struggling wide receivers who are having trouble staying out of trouble, right? So what do I mean? Guys like Antonio Brown. Listen, here's the thing with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown had a chance to go play for Seattle too, but he can't stay out of trouble. Can't stay out of trouble. Josh Gordon has given has been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to play in the NFL. That's what he's been given. And you know why he's been given it? You know, even though he keeps messing up, even though he keeps messing up, you know why he's been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity? And why Antonio Brown, who at one point, at one point, was considered the best receiver in all of football, you know why Antonio Brown can't find another team? Because he can't stay out of the news. Because Antonio Brown has too much baggage. Josh Gordon does too. Josh Gordon's... And, you know he has the drug problems, all this stuff. But Josh Gordon, when when he's when you know, Josh Gordon just recently met a, met a made a headline recently that was non-football related, not about him being signed. And you know what it was that he auctioned his new New England Patriots Super Bowl ring off for like one hundred thirty-six thousand dollars. That's the news he made. You know what news uh, Antonio Brown's made since he's been cut? Well, they tried to get a 
Twitter, he tried to get in a boxing match with Logan Paul. He's gone on Twitter, Twitter rampages. He said sexual assault allegations. He said this allegation. He said that allegation. He's been in trouble. That's what he's done. He can't stay out of trouble. Can't stay out of the media. That's why. That's why. That's why Josh Gordon's given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Because Josh Gordon, because Josh Gordon is the guy. Josh Gordon's showing you what it takes. When what Josh Gordon is saying, listen, I when when I played for Cleveland, I was I was the most talented wide receiver in the league. I was the number one receiver in the league when I played for Cleveland. And I believe I still have that. That's what Josh Gordon's saying. But you know what else he's saying? I'm gonna show these guys that I'm about ball. All I care about is ball. I want to get back. I want to play again. I want to be. I want to be in the NFL again. I want to play wide receiver, and I want to be at the top of the game again. You know how I know he's showing that? Because he stayed out of the media. I haven't heard about him. That's it. That's what it was. Listen, that's the thing. You got to stay out of the. You gotta stay out of trouble. He's setting the tone for what it takes to get back in the NFL. That's what. That's what Josh Gordon's doing. That's why Josh Gordon. Even though he keeps leaving to go to whether it's to go to rehab or because he's suspended or this or that, Josh Gordon is given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity because he's a he's a talent that stays out of trouble when he's not in the NFL. That's that's why that's why that's why he's given the opportunity. That's what he's doing. He's setting the example for guys like Antonio Brown. He's setting the example for guys who don't understand what it takes to stay in the league because you, when, when you get in trouble and you get suspended, you're making news off Twitter. You're making news because you're, you're getting charged with this allegation or that allegation because you can't stay out of trouble. That's what's happening. That's what's going on. That's what Josh Gordon is showing you is that he is – Going to be the example for why you can screw up as much as he screwed up, but yet still still get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity in the NFL. Uh, I want to move on to a, another running back uh, plays in New Orleans, and that's Alvin Kamara. Listen, Kamara, he was holding out, and I think the only reason, the only reason Alvin Kamara reported back to training camp, and the only reason Alvin Kamara it's still a New Orleans Saint, and they did not trade him, is because I think they were using the leverage, in my opinion, to say, listen, we'll trade Alvin Kamara. We'll trade him. And the reason I say I think they said that is because they, in their mind, probably thought they could get a guy like Leonard Fournette. I believe that. I think New Orleans probably thought they could get Leonard Fournette. And that, you know, well, fine, he doesn't want to show up to training camp, we're open to trading Alvin Kamara. And they haven't said that they're not since he returned to training camp. They're not saying, oh, because he, he came back, we're not open to trade. They're, they're still open to trading him. They're still very well open to trading Alvin Kamara. But the thing is, I think the reason they're embracing him coming back, and I think the reason he's it's okay for him to come back, and the reason nobody said anything about Alvin Kamara coming back and how big of a deal it is, is because, you know, they, they know that they could trade him, and they know that this isn't solved yet. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with Alvin Kamara. He better be careful. Holding out. Alvin Kamara saying, you know, the things that he's doing or, or not playing, things like that. Listen, it could get you traded. And and I can tell you this, at a position like his, where there are guys like, like Saquon Barkley, right? There are guys like Christian McCaffrey. There are guys like Derrick Henry. There are guys like Dalvin Cook. There are guys who are at the top, who are in the upper echelon of running backs in the NFL. But then there are guys like Nick Chubb. 
Then there are who I consider a top ten running back. By the way, there are guys like Marlon Mack. There, there are guys that can get the job done. Alvin Kamara, that they don't need you. They don't. Listen, running back is the is one of the very few positions in the NFL that they can plug and play, and they can find plenty of other running backs in the NFL to take your job. I think Alvin Kamara realized that. I think that's why Alvin Kamara came back. I think that's a big reason. I think at the end of the day, the Saints and Alvin Kamara get a job done. They are a contract done. I think they get it figured out. And I think Alvin Kamara is there for the next five to seven years. But I, I honestly think the reason, the main reason, the main reason Alvin Kamara was, was up for trade and the reason the Saints were, were shopping him was they honestly thought they could get Leonard Fournette. I, I truly believe that's what they thought is they could get Leonard Fournette. So moving on from there, I want to go into the next thing. I want to go into my next topic, and my next topic is Jordan Love. Here's the thing with Jordan Love, and this is the thing that bugs me is Jordan Love, Jordan Love coming out, you know, I said was I, – I, listen, I said he wasn't a first-round pick. He was my third-ranked quarterback. I thought there were only two first-round picks in this draft. And honestly, I didn't think Justin Herbert was all that good. But I thought, you know, the, I thought there were really kind of two first-round picks in this. And just three maybe if you count Justin Herbert. But, you know, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and Justin Herbert. I, so I guess there were three. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't know, man. Listen, I thought Jordan Love was a second-round pick. I had Jordan Love as my third-ranked quarterback in my rankings last year. But here's the thing with Jordan Love. Listen, I, I'm not going to flip out over nine days. I'm not. It's been nine days in the training camp, and that's been it. But the reports we're hearing out of Packers camp is Jordan Love is struggling. And the, the reports we're hearing out of Packers camp is they may regret the decision in drafting Jordan Love. Listen, here's the thing with Jordan. This is the thing. I said going into the draft was I didn't think Jordan Love was a, was a first-round pick. I thought he was a second-round pick. I didn't think he was a top of the second-round pick. Like I thought he was like 13 through like 25 in the second round. That's where I thought he should get picked. And I said that because although there was all kinds of good, and he put the ball in places that you know very few quarterbacks can, can put the ball, and his good plays blow you away. But it was the inconsistency. It was the bad plays. It was the interceptions. It was the decision making. It was that thing. It was those things that I looked at Jordan Love and said, Ugh. like I, I don't know, man. I don't think this guy's a first round pick. I know people are, are, are saying that you know the Colts are gonna get him at the thirteenth overall. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Ugh. I, I don't know, man. I, I think he's a second round pick. It turned into Oh well, you don't like Jordan Love. You don't like Jordan Love. I, I I had a whole podcast where I said how much I love Jordan Love and how much I thought Jordan Love was a was he's my number third he was my number three over quarter my number three over quarterback. It was Joe Burrow to a Tiger Violoa. I had him above Justin Herbert. It was Jordan Love and then Justin Herbert. I am above Herbert. I thought he was that good. That's how good I thought he was. But Herbert got picked like 7th to the Chargers. And I believe Jordan Love got picked like 26th by the Packers. And right now, right now, from the reports we're hearing, I understand it's 9 days in, and I'm not going to flip out about 9 days in, 
But everything I told you, everything I said about Jordan Love, although I, I saw all kinds of good stuff about Jordan Love, I remember saying that I think he's a second-round pick. And the reason I thought he was a second-round pick was I did not think there was enough stuff there. There was, a, there was a lot of good. I did not think he was Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I felt like comparing him to Patrick Mahomes was too far. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. He had, I mean, I think he has potential to possibly be Patrick Mahomes. Like, but he had that potential, right? Like, that's that's what he had, potential. Like, like he could make the throws that Patrick made. Like, I, I saw it. I saw it on the film. Like, he was making throws that I said, I said, man, dude. I turned on the tape. Dang. Very few people can make those throws. Jordan Love can make that throw. I don't see Justin Herbert making that throw. I don't see Tua Tagovailoa making that throw. I don't see Joe Burrow making that throw. But then you also turn on the tape and turns the ball over, makes a bad decision, throws the ball, and you're like, man, what, what in the world was going through his head on that one? So then he does stuff like that, and you're like, man, I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know if he's if he's worth a first-round pick. I, I don't know, man. So, like, that's the stuff. That, to me, is is where I'm at on Jordan Love. Listen, I, I love Jordan Love, and Jordan Love was my my third-ranked quarterback in the, you know, he was my third-ranked quarterback coming out in this last draft, and he was my favorite player in this draft. Jordan Love was. But... He was what I said he was, and that's not a second-round pick. Listen, Giannis. Giannis and the Bucks, dude, they're struggling. They're struggling against the Miami Heat. They're struggling. Richard Jefferson's out here saying that, that Giannis is more like Scottie Pippen, not, and he needs a Michael Jordan. He's not MJ, and he needs a Pippen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are very few people in this world, very few people, in any sport that can carry a team to a to a certain level, right? LeBron James can do it. LeBron can take a take a bunch of bunch of scabs to an NBA Finals. He did it. 2007 with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He carried guys like Mo Williams, Zydrunas Ogalskis. I believe Antoine Jameson was on that team. He, he carried a lot of guys to the NBA Finals. That man, they're, they're probably working donut shops right now. They're probably driving for UPS or FedEx right now. That's probably what they're doing. He carried a lot of those guys to the NBA Finals. You know, I look at guys like, like I always thought Andrew Luck was that guy, right? He he threw he threw passes to guys like like Griff Whalen. He threw he threw passes to guys like LeVron Brazil. He threw passes to guys who who you no longer who you no longer think of, right? A washed up Dion Branch. But yet somehow the Colts won 11 and 5 three years in a row. Somehow Aaron Rodgers carries a team to the playoffs that doesn't deserve being there. Somehow Tom Brady turns Kimbrell Tompkins into a a a a you know profound name for a year. And I believe he even carried them to the Super Bowl. I, I think. I could be wrong. I think, but I think they lost. I think that was the second time. I think that was 2012 when they lost to the uh, or 2011 when they lost to the Giants twice, you know, the second time. Maybe I'm wrong, but there there are a few guys, few guys in sports that can that can take a team that's given around them and turn them into superstars. And Giannis isn't that guy. I I, I mean Giannis is talented. And I think Giannis has a chance to be really really good, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, 
He's getting ready to win a second MVP. But I don't think Giannis is the guy to to carry the Bucks to the to the NBA Finals. I mean, he's going to need more. That's just what's going to happen. He's going to have to have better guys around him if he wants to get there. And until the Bucks are willing to do that, he will not be in playing in the NBA Finals. I mean, they showed it last year. They they showed it time and time again when they lost to the Raptors. They're showing it now when they've when they lost to you know when they're losing to the Miami Heat. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, something else I want to talk about is Joe Burrow showing some um, major maturity for me. I mean, I think about it, right? Like Joe Burrow, some of the things that he said after the, the, after the, the George Floyd thing, after the George, the George Floyd video and after all that happened and the things he said after this Jacob Blake, he's really showing great maturity, which is what Cincinnati needs. I think Cincinnati needs Joe Burrow more than Joe Burrow needs Cincinnati because the, the reason I say that is Carson Palmer's come out on the Rich Eisen show and said, this ain't a winning organization. They don't care about winning. They, they don't care about it. That's why That's why I only I never won a playoff game in, in Cincinnati. That's why. Because they don't care. They don't care about winning. But you have Joe Burrow who's who's smart, who's aware. You have Joe Burrow who's, who's a leader. Who's going to change things there, I believe. It could be a really talented guy that for the next 10 to 15 or even 20 years, Cincinnati can build their team around. Cincinnati needs Joe Burrow more than Joe Burrow needs Cincinnati. And I think it's showing every, every, every time that Joe Burrow tweets something. And I think it, it's shown every time Joe Burrow speaks. And I think it's shown every time Joe Burrow stands up and says something that that's, that's not right in this country. I think Joe Burrow is showing the leadership that is needed from a from a quarterback and a leadership that's well beyond his years and well beyond well beyond a rookie quarterback. I want to talk about some things I'm looking forward to seeing in week one. I, I think the main thing is I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Cam Newton start for the New England Patriots. I mean, I'm looking at the TV right now and it's saying that Cam Newton has just been named the – starting quarterback for the Patriots. There wasn't much of a surprise. I don't think that's surprising anybody. He's a former league MVP. He's former super cam, you know. I, I, I'm not shocked. Plus, I like Jared Stidham. I think Jared Stidham could be a really, really good quarterback in the NFL. I think he could be a franchise guy in the NFL. He ain't beating out Cam. Let's be honest. He ain't beating out Cam. So I, I'm excited to see Cam, even though I'm not a Patriots fan. Even though I, I want the Patriots to struggle, I want, I want Cam to succeed, though. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to Cam um, watching Cam. I'm excited to see what Lamar does this year. I listen. Lamar has taken a step every year. I wanted to see if Lamar could be an NFL quarterback. Rookie year, he proved that. Check. All right, now I want to see Lamar throw the ball better. Second year, he did that. Check. He won the MVP. This year, this year it's time for Lamar to get his first playoff win. And you know, it's time. It's time for that to. It's time for that to happen. It's time to watch Lamar Jackson take his next step as maturing into an NFL quarterback. Now, something else I'm looking forward to week one. I want to see I want to see how Philip Rivers does in Colts Blue. As a Colts fan, I'm excited. I think he looks really good in Colts Blue. I think I think he could be just what we need at this point. I think he could be what the Colts need to succeed, but we'll see. We'll find out. But I'm super excited and I can't wait to to watch the Colts week one. Uh, something else I want to watch starting out week one is 
the the attitude and the way that Aaron Rodgers comes into the season. That's what I want to see. I want to see how Aaron Rodgers carries himself this season, being motivated, knowing that they traded up to get your replacement. I want to see if he comes in heated. And I think he will. I think he has a chance to win an MVP this year, and I say that because I think he's gonna I think he's gonna just demolish the league. I think he's gonna show why he's Aaron I think he's gonna show that he's still Aaron Rodgers, that he's still the guy. That he is still the guy that you have to you have to game plan again. You know, if twelve's on the other side, the game's not over. I think he's gonna show that. Uh look forward to Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray's gonna make another another step forward this year, and I think Kyler can really, really prove that he can be an NFL quarterback and he's a dark he's for a lot of people for a lot of people he's a dark horse MVP candidate and I think there's a very good chance he could be a dark horse MVP candidate I really do I think he has a really good shot at potentially being an NFL dark horse MVP candidate and then I'm going to finish it up with I also think listen I think I'm excited to see Big Ben I want to see what happens with Big Ben I want to see if he comes off this Tommy John surgery and lights the world on fire that AFC North with Baltimore, with Cincinnati, with Pittsburgh, with the Browns, it 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 really incites me. It really excites me. It really like makes me want to watch AFC North football because I want to see what step Baker Mayfield makes this year. I want to see how he works with Kevin Stefanski. I want to see what Lamar Jackson has up his sleeve this year. How does he follow up an MVP year? I want to watch Joe Burrow. And mainly, and another, and something else I want to watch is Big Ben Roethlisberger. And I want to see if Big Ben can get back to being the Big Ben that we know. And if he can keep lighting the world on fire, if he can keep being that guy. I'm excited to watch. And I'm excited to see it. So that's something else I'm looking forward to. Uh, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Again, um, if you'd like to share it with your friends. Again, thank you for listening.